Do you look for American-made products? I invite you to check out JNS Supply, a small Texas company, where we built our brand on God, family, and country. We provide quality, limited-run American-made clothes. Our current run is Relax Fit T-shirt. Use promo code Liberty to get 15% off your order. Come to JNSSupply.co. J-N-S-S-U-P-P-L-Y dot C-O. JNSSupply.co. God, family, Welcome back to a, another episode of Liberty Matters where Sean and I are discussing current events through a Christian and conservative lens because Liberty is the crossroads where Christianity and politics meet. So, uh, Sean, bud, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. You know, like always hanging in there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so, staying busy. Always. I was like, I have to. I was like, even being this whole stuff on paternity, it will drive me nuts. My mind will be always melted just from like being <laughs> numb i go out of my way i have to have like i'm glad i have these interactions with stuff like small group stuff from like church and other things so i lose my mind having like oh. no adult conversations yeah yeah it's hard when uh both you and your wife are at home all day right it's like what do we what do we have to talk about <laughs> yeah and that's the part where she's like oh i want to spend time with, we can talk some more i'm like what have we been all day we were doing this <laughs> That's like one of those like, oh, let's, let's have some time to talk before we go to bed. I was like, what did we do all day? It was like, <laughs> you're already here doing this. I don't know. Yeah. But have you, have you no, taken the new awesome. one out of the house yeah. yet? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we've gone out of good places. We've taken out to eat and other stuff too. So oh, okay. it's at least it's still nice because he's so small at the point, right? He just falls asleep in the car seat, whatever, like while we're eating still. So yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, right. My other toddlers in there playing drums on the table like, <laughs> and my and like for the longest time like we would go out to like breakfast or lunch dinner whatever yeah and my wife would bring my son like the toddler she would bring him like these like harder toys or things that could like and he would like throw them or smash them i was like look finally can we just bring him all the toys that are like soft <laughs> so <laughs> everything he's like smashing in public is at least softer now or like rubber or some version so she finally got on board with that so <laughs> it's recommendation for parents when you guys go uh take your kids to store the go out to eat for and their toddlers smash on the table you know soft toys count <laughs> soft toys and make sure they serve uh mashed potatoes yeah i mean the upside is like my kid will eat pretty much absolutely anything so he doesn't care from that side <laughs> he's very food incentivized so it works yeah I think uh, I think my boy is too, um, but we have a busy weekend. We have a few baseball games. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. I was like, I'm excited for the age when obviously my kids get a little older, so we can, you know, go do baseball games. <laughs> two more years. Two more <laughs> years. Be, I say that, then it's all like with the two kids, boys, close in age. I'll be running all over the place. Yeah, it's so. a little tough. We we have a pretty pretty big distance between ages for ours and you know we're running back and forth between games it's gets a little hectic self-induced but i think the kids like it too yeah i mean that's that's the key that's where i keep reminding it's like it's it's for them so we just you're just there to escort them around so but um yeah so let's let's jump into it i know we got a a, a pretty packed show like there's different a different um a bunch of stuff going on. I mean, look, there's not a ton of different news stuff, but there's kind of some news in the sense that Sean, that we wanted to lay out for the audience. And that is really, it lays it out in a pattern of, do we actually still believe and think that that we have freedom? Do we believe that we have Liberty? Right. And we're going to lay some stuff out that, um, it goes from all this stuff that's been recently about PayPal that came out saying they were going to start removing accounts for misinformation, uh, or not remove accounts, but they were going to do like a $2,500 fee, right? Um, all the way down to like Vanderbilt was doing gender reassignment surgeries for minors um, after Daily Wire reported it. And they kind of got put on pause. And then we, the things going into like the Florida's uh, Surgeon General getting censored on Twitter. You're again, you're censoring the top Surgeon General, like the top doctor in the state of Florida because he didn't fit the correct uh, COVID narrative um then we got things even going from like california which 
always is impressive. Uh, like that said, right? So we get they're basically pushed out a bill punishing doctors that contradict as well the consensus of COVID. So, I mean, in that theory alone, California would go after the Florida Surgeon General because you can't think for yourself. Um, and yeah, then we so then we still have the flow. Like there's again some other things out there that Bill Gates has now invested two hundred million dollars into digital IDs, and we'll explain why and where how that connects. Um, and look, there's. A different connection throughout all these, but the overall idea and the theme we're going to talk about throughout this is like, do we really believe we still have freedom or, and what is the purpose and how it's being eroded in through these various points and how they're connected. Right. So Sean, let's, let's just begin to kind of jump right into that, um, right out the gate, this whole PayPal story. I mean, this has made its rounds, right. Um, and it's, it started from the daily wire that did a whole report on this and they on basic um actually was it was daily wire no Daily Wire was the vanderbilt piece did, who like but they came out from like the paypal came out and they got a lot of pushback because they were basically saying that they put out up in their new policy and this was alleged alleged they claimed in a draft this that a draft was written that said that they were going to start set uh paypal with was going to had a policy that would allow them to deduct $2,500 from users accounts for misinformation. Um, and even further, they went on to say that among those violations is any act. Well, so first off, it's mi- misinformation is any activity that they believe is misinformation. And further, it disallowed any messages or content or materials that the company dubs as objectionable. So apparently Sean PayPal is now the arbiters of what they believe is objectivity they believe what is to be true so they're gonna determine what business owners what people if your company is promoting or saying in some form of fashion a what they believe is misinformation they thought that they had to just come in and take your money from you um so this whole entire piece it just comes in it's really just a shock piece right so there's a ton of pushback it went all caught kind of caught fire on twitter and then they kind of came back and said, hey, they come. it was a mistake. The policy wasn't supposed to be released. Um, it wasn't supposed to, that was just, that was a draft that wasn't supposed to be released. My question is like, even if they said that they came out saying this was not intended to be like the, still, the, the issue still there is that first, there's not a single piece of corporate communication that any business, any big business, big corporation that doesn't get deep scrutiny whether from review, from contracts, from legal, to approve through um, from PR, from corporate communications. They're all approving the corporate policies and communications that are going to go out. So this doesn't haphazardly happen. Yet, they said, oh, it was an accident. And further, even if this was an accident, that their response saying that we didn't intend this to go out doesn't make me feel any better. Because... That still meant that there was a discussion. It was still being had in the background and a draft has been written that had this policy in there believing that they can just come in and say, well, we believe this individual, Sean, you had spewed misinformation. So we're just going to take $2,500 from your company and you can't do anything about it. So, I mean, glad I'm glad they backtracked on this, but their quote unquote apology or it, it doesn't make an, change my it thought wasn't an at apology, all. Right? Yeah, no, it's, it was said, a correction. We 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 didn't intend for this to go in our in the policy. Well, when did you intend for it to go? It it was like yeah. this is like yeah. Sorry, not sorry, right? Like yeah, and that's all oh, part to me where I'm like, not intended doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah, like you had the conversation, you drafted this up. So when when is your plan to put it in the policy then? Right, you got flack for it now. So when are you going to put it in your policy later on, right? Yeah, and so that goes to what they'll, oh, we just won't do it right now. We're just going to put it back on the shelf, and then at the right time, we'll just pull it back off, dust it off, and pull it back out and say, oh, here it is, because it was ready to go, right? And and that gets into the whole issue. I mean, I don't agree. Like, again, I don't agree at all with it remotely, because their whole response is just, it's nonsense because, again, like we're saying, it gets back to the point. They were actually having this conversation in the background, whether intended or not, or them saying, like, it, that's not the issue. The issue is that they're having this that as a conversation to begin with from in a, with inside a business. Yeah, I, I think that there's another level of issue there that, right, that I think that a lot of people, myself included, kind of, you know, 
have to think about when when you get a company that that is run, run like this, right? Um, well, it's all because there's, all a, the there's a big processors. convenience, right? There's a big convenience with PayPal and Venmo and the services they provide, right? And a lot of people would say, well, don't, you know, you don't support those, those companies or those policies, just don't use the vendor, right? Don't use that company. There's not a lot of other options. And that's why that they're, that's why they're doing these things and making these policy updates, because they know that they have a corner in the market and that they have a huge impact on people's lives. But I think that, you know, for a small inconvenience of having to go take out of the cash out of the bank, versus you know getting charged twenty five hundred dollars because you have a different view than they do you know far is far greater outweighing you know supporting continuing to support that company um so i I think that uh, that will lead to other opportunities in the future right and and that spurs competition and and technology advances um, but you have to be willing to stand up to this and, and make that hard decision and, and that inconvenience now in order to really in, infect change because the same thing goes both ways, right? You, you have all these companies pouring money into lobbyists and, and, and that's how they do change. Well, the way that we affect change is burden a, a bit of inconvenience to not be able to quickly transfer money, but not support these companies anymore. Yeah. Well, that's where it comes back to. It's like, look, when people always talk about it, there's different ways from obviously influence these companies and it comes to the value of your dollar, where it's being used. Um, that's what people say. It's like you vote with your dollars. And yeah, it's not exactly easy in some areas of the convenience in some ways. But look, there are other companies that in the parallel economy that are literally being built out there to start in this process. Now, they're not as robust and they're still in the process of that growth phase, right? So there's a, and getting out there. So you have like, I think parallel and some of, there's a bunch of, there's a couple other ones that's popping up. Um, but it still takes time for that to get there, right? It just doesn't happen overnight. So in the interim, like, yeah, they know they own and have a big portion of the market with their whole market share. So it's easy for them to have a control and a sway and push things in the industry that they believe from a corporate level, right? And that's what they're trying to do here yet. At least for now, they stem the tie by what has been a little pushback, had them pull back the corporate policy. Now, and with that, it led to their, Sean, um, their share price by Monday morning, it, it was, it dropped 5%. So, and this is, so PayPal, their value ne- fell nearly $6 billion as this backlash kind of mounted. And I'll throw this in here. Like there's another Daily Wire article that was covering this in too. That's talking about the PayPal backlash, but it's, it's just interesting, right? So their stock closed at $90.18 on Friday afternoon and was trading at $85.40 soon after the market opened Monday morning, which is a roughly 5.3% decline. And that's all because of the backlash that they received and what people are starting to say all over the weekend throughout Twitter we're blasting and other social media networks are blasting them saying they're all going to start canceling their accounts and many started doing so. And as of today or right now, we're closing out the yeah, week. Yeah, what are they at currently? They're at 80.47. So they went down a whole another $5. Yep. So that would be roughly almost another 5 to 6 billion dollars. That- yeah, in a week, right? They dropped they lost $10 almost- a share. Yeah. How many share outstanding shares they had? Well, roughly that that puts them roughly around like a ten billion dollar of loss. So if they have in that ballpark, right? <laughs> so this move, they took that much. That's this is where it, it's important for everyone to actually stand up and have the voice because you make a difference, and these companies will feel it when they start feeling the financial burden. Um, and that's the key, right? So that's what PayPal has to feel here, and that's what they're doing because they walked into this in the very in the wrong way, how to approach this. As, and I mean, look, again, this is something we'll, Sean will say, we always say this, but everyone have to keep an eye on. So PayPal doesn't try to dust this back off the shelf and then come back out, back out to roll the policy out, thinking that they're the new arbiters of misinformation and they can go back and deduct your accounts. I mean, you just have to like think about it as a policy. Imagine you own a company getting, and you're getting paid by PayPal and out of nowhere, you just get deducted $2,500 per and be clear, it's per violation in their view. So it's not it's not the easiest thing for all, even for small businesses, everybody just to be aware of. But like, 
this is exactly what happens and it's important to see and they get the backlash and now they have a roughly six to ten billion dollar hit um now will it make a difference though overall that's the question right so you see other companies that have been hit by these things like dick sporting goods when they stopped selling rifles but they didn't care they literally sat here and said we're going to take multi-million dollar losses and we're perfectly fine with that so we'll see right i mean so in, in another area to shift gears is uh that the pushback had a response was the uh, Daily Wire. It was Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire uh, broke a story on Vanderbilt uh, University that the doctors there there was a healthcare expert named Doctor Ellen Clayton who was in it being it videoed, um, but she was basically saying that that do- doctors who refused to provide body mutilating surgeries such as you know removing breast and genitals due to their due to one's religious beliefs or any conscientious objection or moral beliefs that she pretty much said yeah it doesn't really matter your your ability as a doctor is problematic and you should just go away as a doctor like they're vanderbilt straight up was trying to say at the time was saying we're still going to do these chill my gender reassignment gender mutilation surgeries for children under the age of 18 um, or minors, if you want to just blanketly call it, they want to do this for minors and too bad. So sad, right? So this on the good side, um, it got a lot of backlash once Matt Walsh from daily wire broke this story. Right. And I have an article in here right here. That's look, there's two things in here from the Christian post that the, um, in a win after pushing back on this, the Vanderbilt has temporarily halted the body mutilation and sex change surgeries on kids. Now, as well, there's been uh, lawmakers, another article that are demanding investigations into Vanderbilt's transgender reassignment surgeries. So Republican uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn and the Tennessee Governor Bill Lee are calling for an investigation into Vanderbilt University Center following the allegations that they have been performing these bodily mutilating surgeries on teenagers suffering from gender dysphoria. Now, this is a very important piece because one, okay, they temporarily halted it, but their their response also at the time was, okay, we we are stopping these for now, but we're just waiting for time in case Tennessee law changes and allows us to do this. So, from a Christian perspective, again, well, these are one of these appalling things, right? As Christians, you have to like realize and realize what's going on here and it's our job to bear witness to god's creation of men and women and that goes directly to genesis 127 that your god created us in his own image and all um he created us male and female this isn't some he called and this is where christians need to be called be actually resolute and really note that god alone is the lord of this lord of conscience right this is what is in control it's not some idea that we just should stand by idly and just accept the fact that they're doing these gender mutilation surgeries on minors. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely works of evil. I think that the main reason that a lot of doctors and hospitals are, are pushing for this more is look at how much money they're making off of this, right? Like how much does the one procedure cost? How much does it cost for preparation? How much does it cost for complications afterwards? And then the mental and psychological issues that they have, you know, later on down the road, it's like a never ending cash cow for these doctors and hospitals. Yeah, no. And that, and that's a really good point. Cause every time they do one of these things, it's what's their real purpose. They try to pretend it's about helping people be their, whatever, what my, my, follow their truth or whatever nonsense. It's always this idea that they want to try and help somebody, but decide what's the actual motivations behind it. Right. And it brings up a good question because you look at different things when they've created the. Just for another example, that's shown is when you look at like all every company we have, you see in I'll say this, like the diversity and inclusion space everywhere you go in all these major corporations. They've all now created these jobs for these diversity managers and these ones and that one, like, right. So it's and it's created an entire industry. I mean, you have universities that they, they're same thing. They're hiring people. Their whole entire job is this be the ambassador for diversity and inclusion on campuses. And then in corporations, you have these diversity inclusion managers and that's their whole job. You created a multi-billion dollar industry by creating a problem that wasn't there, but by creating more division and hatred amongst people is what you result in. Um, 
and that's the same thing here, right? They so they've created something and blown it so much out of proportion. Some something that's such much of pure evil in this idea that you now created a pipeline of medical needs in the future because you're not only going to go through this and all the time. But I, th- I forgot what they happened. Um, the actual when they go the level of I think like what is it? the mental it's after they go through the gender dysphoria and they go through the transition and the it's not a 30 times the rate for suicide when this occurs, but it's only 20 times from a lot of these individuals that go through this and then regret it later on, especially when you talk about doing this with minors, like you see these things going around, they're doing this like five-year-olds and like 10-year-olds. They have no idea what they are. Half them still want to go around and run around and be like dressed up like a princess or a cowboy or a Superman. Like, and you ask them what they want to be and they have no idea, but they're using their imagination being a kid. Yeah. How many teenage girls go through like a tomboy phase, right? Like it's just kids are trying to figure themselves out, right? They're just trying to figure out where they fit in the world. And you going in and and influencing that is not a benefit. And now now you're just taking advantage of the kid in the family by making thousands of dollars off of them for these, you know, procedures and, and ultimately... You know, I mean, think about it. Like if you spend $40,000 to get the procedure and then, you know, revisits and and whatever, hopefully there's no complications. And then later on down the road, you change your mind and you want to go back, right? If you can go back and now you're you're really messed up and they made a, a lot of money off of you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's the problem. But on the upside, like I said, this is the same piece where it comes up that they got backlash and then it kind of pulled Vanderbilt University pulled back. Now, that's only one, right? This is throughout the entire country is going rampant. It's a rampant evil that's transpiring. Um, but this is this is why it's important, like because it's a complete, utter, immoral and unconscionable evil. But it just does, and I will say, look, Sean, it doesn't stop there, right? So this idea of this path you're going down, um. I mean, actually, we could, sh- it's, they just keep going from one state to the next to the next, right? And this all keeps coming back to, do you actually care about human life? Do you actually care about the children? Who are you trying to protect? I mean, we look at this and you see this like, obsession with um, pedophilia that comes out of the Democrat Party, the leftist, that comes out of tra- the transgender movement. I'm like, and it's absolutely, it's sickening to sit here and think that like, you're okay with this, some dude in, with, fake boobs and fishnet stockings like whatever doing spreading his legs and flopping around in front of minors like that's openly acceptable and okay it's not and it's and there's anyone in their heart like you know what's right and wrong you know what is that's not okay and these and this is what these things this is why it's all important to stand up against these things because and as parents you your job is to protect your child's right. You want to keep their innocence protected as long as possible. It's not this idea of like, oh, well, I just need to expose them to awareness of the world when they're four years old. Your job is to protect the innocence of your child. So, because I'll tell you, I, I got to find the study, Sean, because I forgot what it was. It was something like, I got to find this, and we all come back to it at some point. We we'll dig deep, really into this a lot more. But it's a study I found that was at one point it was like it was digging all into the fact of any child, if you've been open and witness to like pornography and other stuff and all these things before the age of seven, it's they have a significant increase of, I'll say, sexual problems throughout the rest of their life. And all these issues, a lot of stuff, it all leads to this transpiring down the road and the rest of their life where it leads to, right? Um, so... I don't know. I guess we'll leave it there, right? There, there's plenty to get into that. But the biggest piece of this is it was a good piece seeing that Vanderbilt had a Vanderbilt University had to pause this um, because this should never be we should never be allowing this happen to minors. And as Christians, this is again something that is just unquestionable. Whether it's not a question whether we should be standing up against this or just sitting idly by and doing nothing, right? So I'm going to turn the gear over to what's going on over in Florida. Um, this was recently shown what we had over in Florida, the Surgeon General, Joe Ladapo. Um, so he put out an analysis that said 80, there's an 84% increase of cardiac-related deaths among the age group, I think it was 18 to 39, 
uh, for 28 days after they get vaccinated. So there's an 84% increase of cardiac-related deaths. And he was saying his recommendation is if you're in this age group, 18 to 39, and you're healthy, you don't have comorbidities, don't get a vaccine, right? And so Twitter went ahead and blocked that because Twitter is one of these believes that they're the arbiter of truth. And they said, oh, that's misinformation because what you're saying goes against what the government says about COVID. But then Twitter went back and restored it, right? So I just find it very interesting. So Twitter's going to go after the a state, the top doctor in a state, Joe Ladapo. And this dude's highly decorated, medical degree, PhD, where he's, his whole background is phenomenal when you look at it. But they're going to go after him and say, sorry, you're, all your information studies, research, and all the team, everything you have, it's irrelevant because we said so. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that you have statistical facts to back up your claim, right? We don't well, Yeah, believe, they did their own studies. Yeah, we, we believe COVID is the answer, so you are wrong. Even though we yeah. don't have any statistical facts to back that up. Well, that's because it gets back into Sean. What's that? Their whole movement is the like hashtag my truth, right? So it's it all comes from it's what I feel, right? So I feel this is – I feel you're wrong. Well, guess what? Do you have anything to prove that? No. But you need to be censored. You need to be silenced, right? Like that's the insanity. So – but I mean look. Then they the, – the fact that you even want to go back that a Florida – a surgeon general of a state is getting censored. Like, again, these are the levels of what they're going to. They, you think they're not going to worry about censoring you or I? They, you're like the top doctor of the state of Florida didn't even, was not even immune to that. I mean, so it, it's, and even like Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary came out uh, um, last Sunday and basically responded back behind this saying, like, look, this is unacceptable. And it's a quote, this is unacceptable and an Orwellian move. For narrative over fact, which goes right back to your Sean point, Sean. It was it's it's never about the facts. It's not about the truth. It's not about the data and this actual science. But this is the same party that tells us to follow the science. But like, look, we're current. Like, we're living in what is probably the largest. This is the probably the most significant time in the history of the United States of America that we've had this level of gaslighting and propaganda that. We haven't seen it to this magnitude in the United States. And everyone has a cell phone. Everyone's on the internet. Like It's so much more accessible, and social media amplifies it. And they don't want you to question anything, right? So then if you're right there, the Florida State's Surgeon General, well, even you question it, you're not even allowed to have a voice. So, I mean, Sean, look, it's again, we keep talking about these things because it's the left. They continue to believe that somehow there's some arbiter of truth and you're, but you're supposed to trust them and don't trust the actual science. Don't trust your actual homework. Don't trust your actual research. Right. And all these studies are coming out now one after another, that the vaccines aren't working, the masks don't work in it. And yet they want you to believe what well, they, they can't take that away. I mean, I think it was even was it Joe Biden who would even after saying the, the pandemic is over, apparently he's still playing pandemic. Because he just announced that we're extending the COVID pandemic emergency another 90 days. Uh, which, Sean, conveniently lines up to right after the election midterms when he was announcing this. So, you're, again, you're telling me this isn't political, that you actually care about people? Or is it – it's never been about that? Yeah, I I would like for somebody to do some research into – all of these counties across the U S that still have emergency declarations for COVID. Um, our, our County has it. I was shocked that our County still well, yeah, has it in a very uh, red, red County. Yeah. And in the emergency declaration basically means that you get access to more federal funding to support it. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> where does federal funds come from? That comes from our tax dollars, right? Okay. Well, where is that money going? If we don't have a surge in cases, we're not overwhelmed with people dying because of COVID. I don't think we ever had that from the beginning, but where is this money going? If we have a, a disaster declaration, why? What is the benefit of this, right? Who is benefiting from it? And it, and it, it scares me and it worries me that we have these elected officials who are running the show and with these emergency powers and 
more more likely than not taking advantage of it and and making things a lot better for their friends and themselves than than the people that they were they're supposed to be representing yeah no that's a very good point i mean look from the very beginning this has been a question about where the money was going to these states because everything was being everything gets marked as a covid death and again this has been proven over and over again you can try and pretend and bury your head and say and say it's misinformation but no hospitals were getting paid because they're marking patients as a COVID death, right? And there's a big difference if you died with COVID or from COVID. There's a big difference there. Um, Because if you get in a car accident and you had COVID, you didn't die from, you didn't die from COVID. (laughs) You died from the blunt force trauma of the car accident. So like you can't put that back on COVID, but they did left and right, right? Because the hospital right there, once they reported with COVID, they got more funding because of the federal emergency. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, look, so let's just see, look, there, as an example, Sean, another study, which I don't know if I have not even heard the study being talked about anywhere, which is kind of impre- interesting to me um, as a new co- as a COVID update here. Um, this one's been going around and it's new out of Tel Aviv University, right? This would be censored everywhere because it goes against the narrative. Um, so there's a new report that was a study done in Tel Aviv University that the, and again, this is something from the beginning, Sean, you're never allowed to talk about natural antibodies, natural immunity, right? It's always ignored about because you have to take a vaccine. And why is it that they want you to take a vaccine so much? Because it comes back to this forced vaccinations, forced things like, do you still have freedom, right? So, but this study, this natural, the, of, um, the natural immunity antibodies, can they found that can be extracted from one person who has, so you got COVID, you got natural antibodies, it can be ex- extract the antibodies from one person and inject it into another. And the antibodies are so good that that individual never needs a booster. And scientists have, they, so what they've done is they've isolated two antibodies. Natural, the, natural antibodies. Natural. Right? Correct. Yeah. The key, the key phrase, they, they isolated two antibodies, natural antibodies, um, from the immune system, from the recovered patient that have been neutralized and they've neutralized all strains, all known strains of COVID with 95% efficiency, right? And this isn't some, oh yeah, we think it's effective. We think it has a high efficacy rate. No, they've actually found it has a 95% efficacy rate. Um, and it, that, like, that's just but, the idea. It, but the, uh, who is it? The Red Cross and, and all of these uh, blood donation centers are not tracking who's donated blood and had the vaccine. Yeah. Well, and that because that gets back into the where they're, like, they're not actually want to talk about to figure out who has natural antibodies, who does, who has the vaccine, can they pump it into you? How transferable is it? Like, it, so that's the thing. Like this, this same study from Tel Aviv University, they're not. You're not. You're hearing very little of it. And I and I'll look. I'll link the study in here. You can go read it. Look into the study. Read it yourself. So it'll be in our show notes. Um, and it's this isn't some like that. It's not, like I said, it's not the same as these fake vaccines. Like they try and push out this doctored efficacy that these doctors, how many doctors can we get to say and agree upon this? And then Joe Biden gets up there with his, the, one of the biggest logical fallacies of, a, of like appealing to authority when he gets up there and says, all the doctors agree. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, quite literally, no, they don't. That's also the quite the purpose of science is you're supposed to be able actually to test it and challenge it, but they don't want that. They want their science, Right. So that's what this Telview study goes against it. Natural immunity, why can't you talk about it? If natural immunity works and you can get antibodies, two antibodies from one person to natural immunity injected into another and end up with 95% eff- efficacy and you don't need a, these run of boosters. Um, and they'll never admit it, right? So they never admit they were wrong that about nat- and they just continue to ignore natural immunity. Um, and they all they'll tell you, Sean, is, all right, hey, just don't look it up. Don't don't. They don't want you to do your homework because if you do your own homework, you continue to go on a path that comes to a different result than what the government doc paid for cherry picked doctors are telling you. So, I mean, the best way to put this, Sean, is and we keep going down like so we and this is just happens to be coming out as a theme throughout the ongoing with our show. Everything we talk about, we and we, you and I joke about this, right? Everything is always it's a conspiracy. Oh, it's that. But I was like, you know, we kind of run out of conspiracies because they keep coming true because um, the fact of the matter is today's truth and fact 
was what everything they claimed is yesterday's myths and disinformation. Like, there's no simpler way to put that. Today's truth and fact is yesterday's myths and disinformation. Um, I think I'm going to coin that phrase. Sean, we make shirts that one day I'm just going to put that on. Like, that's going to be part of one of our shirts <laughs> one day. So, um, yeah, we'll start putting it on our shirts. I was like, I just came up with that. With, that'd be good. I was like, I think it's a good. It's a good line for a shirt. Um, but again, like what we always say is, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that we're the arbiter. We're not the arbiter of truth. We're just putting information out there. This is what we believe. This is what our, we've done the research, the thought. This is what the conclusions that we come up to, right? So I'm going to put this study in there. And we always say this, do your own homework, go out and read it, question it, test it. But you will see in the study, I do find it funny, Sean. The one thing they actually try to dance around mention is they don't try to directly say natural antibody. They try to, it, it, you'll, you'll, it's funny. It's, it's, you have to look into it because the way they're like looking and how they're wording certain things in the study, they just, they keep saying it's from a recovered like a recipient, a recovered patient. I was like, wait, so you mean someone who now has natural antibodies? Um, they'll probably be careful with their wording so they don't get censored and yep. Uh, then it yeah, never comes no, to and, well, that's what I think is. So it could say it can pass all their peer review. It passes all like their peer reviewed, um, stuff for the study. So look, not that this makes it any better, but that study would never even pass muster in California. Um, because they'll immediately call that, well, uh, Tyrant Governor Governor Gavin Newsom wouldn't agree. So, I mean, if we think this stuff isn't happening, where do you have freedom? Like, okay, you can't talk about the study. You can't talk about natural immunity. Well, California just passed a law over there that they're going – a law that goes against doctors who disagree with the government, right? And it, I'll have this in this, like, this Washington Examiner article um, by Abigail Adcox from the – California advances a bill punishing doctors for contradicting consensus on COVID-19. Sean, science, is science about consensus? It's never about like, well, we got 51% of the doctors to agree, or we got most of these doctors. It's a consensus thing. Like, I didn't know we were quite, voting on science. Yeah, it, it's not about a consensus. It's never been about like, oh... But that's this whole idea of how they want you to view this. Um, so, look, this California legislator basically pushed this bill, and this came back. The bill AB twenty ninety eight. It was passed in California, and now gives the medical board of California, um, the and the agencies that license physicians the ability to suspend or revoke a doctor's state licenses for spreading COVID nineteen disinformation or misinformation which also is vaguely defined as information that goes against the, quote, contemporary scientific consensus. Again, if you disagree with the consensus... What's, what does contemporary science mean? I thought there was just one kind of science. I don't know. You tell me some... It's, it's, well, well I get, actually, maybe they are onto something because in the normal sense of the world, science was one thing. And we've all understood that to be, right? But the modern version of science apparently is about consensus. Like, the modern version is, it's not about actual science, it's about, do we have consensus? Do we get more than enough people to tell us we're in agreement, right? I mean, you look at like the UN, um, what was that lady? I'm drawing a blank on her name. I don't even know. But the lady who was speaking from the UN that they, they're coming out about climate change saying the UN owns the science. There's no such thing as owning science. Yeah, right. yeah, I saw that, and they um, they they did a Google. They worked with Google and got um, oh the partnership. Google, yeah, they partnered with Google yep. to get Google to block anything that goes against what they say when you search for climate change. And and she said, "We own the science." Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's exactly. It's another one of these. I, things, I don't think right? that was and, the the UN. That's the World Economic Forum. I think it's. Or I thought it was someone from the UN speaking at the World Economic Forum. Either maybe way, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It might Too have, bad it was something along those lines. that shouldn't exist. Yeah, exactly. It, it lands in that same exact bucket, right? So it gets into that same thing. So then you look in California, and they're sitting here saying, "Well, if you're a doctor, I mean, look, these guys have gone to school for so long and have." studied to do so much for their career that you're supposed to be able to trust your doctor, but they're sitting here saying that you shouldn't trust your doctor. And yet 
This is after, like, I'm sorry, after since 2020 and everything the Democrats keep pushing, now they're going, the entire medical industry has lost credibility. And then you do stuff like this that says, you're only going to listen to what the select government doctors say. And again, this comes from, remember, it's the party that says follow the science all the time. Yeah, whatever happened to uh, second opinion? It, I mean, well, that goes against the, what is the quote, contemporary scientific consensus. <laughs> uh, that's where you're, I think you're misunderstanding. It's you, sir, if you fall off the consensus, well, screw you. So it, I mean, look, I mean, that's the same party that they say follow science, but they also say they can't define what a woman is. So you either have XX chromosomes or you have XY chromosomes. It's not, it's not rocket science. <laughs> it's, um, so, and one thing I actually want to point out is I think that when I was researching into this, this medical board, they're made up of like 15 people, Sean, and half of them are not even doctors. So, all right. That sounds like I'm, contemporary science trust to me. Them? Half doctors, half not doctors. And, and you get uh, Bill Gates pushing for a COVID vaccine for everybody and telling us that there's another pandemic coming. <laughs> well, I think that, all right. So I think we're actually getting a better understanding of what contemporary uh, science consensus is. It's, <laughs> it has a lot of dark money behind it. Um, so... And again, this just leads back to the same idea. Like science has always been like, look, what you come in, you have a hypothesis, it gets tested, it goes through trials, and then another doctor is going to come in and test your theory and like it goes through trials. And that's how you evolve and continuously improve science. That's the way we're going to defeat cancer. Like you're not going to defeat cancer if they what, come out and suddenly say that, well, we we identify cancer as done. Like that doesn't, well, the consensus agrees that it's now done. Like that's not, that doesn't work that way. Um, but when you think about the science, Sean, the, the They'll scary just make part up another name for it so they can continue to yeah. make money off of it. True. It, it's a very, yeah, the industry, like when you look at this, like people always try and go after like, yes, there is the um, defense industry and a lot of stuff the on that side. Right. But when you talk into the medical healthcare and the big pharma, there's a lot of issues from how dark and how deep these pockets and how they're interconnected. Um, I mean, look, and this goes right back to these universities and how they're training medical students, right? Um, and this is what, look, and I'll say a concern. So what happens in California, unfortunately, this is why we need to wake up, often leads into other states. So what's an other blue state doing? I mean, you saw what university, Vanderbilt University's done. Well, over in University of Minnesota, there, well, let's. There, this is actually something. Let me go back. I'm gonna put this one. There's a there's a clip that keeps going around that has to do with their new just this past August in 2022 at the white coat ceremony for medical students. This new the pledge that the medical students have to give. But I want to take it one step back further because this doesn't just happen now. People keep talking about the, what they're pledging right now, which is important, and I'm gonna get that and we'll play that so you guys can hear it for yourself. But going back to what the university, not the just the medical school, but the university's uh, Minnesota School of Nursing, I'm going to play a clip from the fall of 2020, which it's a bunch of Zoom call connections of, um, but the university students from the School of Nursing's planetary health pledge. And Sean, this goes back to well, something we've said before. Do they value the planet more than they value human life? Now, you're going to hear them in this. They're going to talk about, oh, well, they respect human life and not violating human rights. But yet this is the same time of year that they started doing like, oh, we need to force vaccinations. Oh, you want to be a nurse? Well, you're going to have to be fired unless you got a vaccine, right? So um, here, I'm, let's, uh, let's roll the clip because this is, yeah, I mean, like it's this thing's self-explanatory on its own. That's just kind of very disturbing, this planetary pledge, because it really views how they view the planet more than they care about valuing life, because all that it keeps coming back to the planet. I solemnly pledge to dedicate my life to the service of humanity and to the protection of natural systems on which human health depends. The health of people, their communities, and the planet will be my first consideration, and I will maintain the utmost respect for human life as well as reverence for the diversity of life on Earth. I will practice my profession with conscience and dignity and in accordance with good practice, 
taking into account planetary health values and principles. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it all comes back to everything. You take into account the planetary principles and human health, right? So they further even go on to allege that they're going to have the these nurses are pledging to challenge attempts at spreading disinformation that undermines the planetary health. Like, I mean, are, are you kidding me? Everything they are saying aligns only with what the government is allowing you to say, is allowing gas, is pushing gaslighting. It's the largest disinformation campaign we've ever seen in this country. And this is coming from, again, a nursing school back in 2020. This was going on where they're talking about, well, we need to align with the planetary health, right? Um, and yet, what does that mean? I've never heard that term before, planetary health. Sean, this goes right. So this goes right back to everyone, like our episode, I think it was like episode eight, right? So when they're yeah. valued, this, this whole push for the environmentalism, is a re- it's yeah. a religion in its own, right? Yeah. You're pushing the value of worshiping the planet over the value of human life. Right, but I mean, and, let's, just, let's just think about this and, and take it back to... Or you could go either way, right? Like, what does it say in the Bible? Or what does it say in, in school? Like, what do you learn about Earth? Earth is billions of years old. It's been through catastrophic events that we've never even experienced. And we're a blip in time, right? And, and we are somehow going to destroy the planet. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> we're the gonna be, you take, like the, the planet's going to be here way longer than we will. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I was like, so if you take the evolution side that we've been here billions of years, or you take the creation worldview, right? And the biblical side, it's like thousands of years old. And regardless of where you're at, this planet has been through so much that we, like we've played in that George Carl clip, I was like, it's a blip of, we're here, a blip in time, and it's going to shake us off like a, bl- a bad flea, right? And it's constantly been fixing itself for cent- for centuries. And guess what? It's still going to live on past you. So look, and it, it, look, it only gets worse, right? So that, again, that, that right there was just a, a blip I just wanted to show because I don't want to play, go too deep into that piece. Like, look, that was the nursing school's planetary health pledge, right? Because this, again, is what they're indoctrinating into your nurses that are going to try help provide you medical care. But it gets even worse because back in 20, August of 2022. Yeah. Qu- question on that pledge. That, that's interesting. So they're making them pl- this make making them do this pledge. If if they went against the pledge, does that mean they don't get to graduate? So that's almost like forcing them to do this pledge, right? You've been in you've been in this school, you've been doing this program, you paid all this money for, you know, spent yeah. all this time and hours into it. No. And and now we're you have to do this pledge and if you don't do this pledge, you don't get to graduate. Yeah, and that's and that's a fair question. So you're going to go through all this. Like, don't worry. They'd be like, well, we took your money, so too bad, so sad, right? So, all right, let me. I got to cut over to this August 22. Too, there was a white coat ceremony for the University of Minnesota's uh, medical students, and now this is the new one. They just changed their oath. With gratitude, we, the students of the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School class of 2026. Stand here today among our friends, families, peers, mentors, and communities who have supported us in reaching this milestone. Our institution is located on Dakota land. Today, many indigenous people throughout the state, including Dakota and Ojibwe, call the Twin Cities home. We also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening and amplifying voices for positive change. We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Knowing that health is intimately connected to our environment, we commit to healing our planet and communities. We vow to embrace our role as community members and strive to embody cultural humility. 
We promise to continue restoring trust in the medical system and fulfilling our responsibilities as educators and advocates. We commit to collaborating with social, political, and additional systems to advance health equity. We will learn from the scientific innovations made before us and pledge to advance and share this knowledge with peers and neighbors. We recognize the importance of being in community with and advocating for those we serve. Okay, yeah, that's the end of their insane pledge. Um, that's super scary. It sounds like a cult. <laughs> yeah, for one. That's, hard, yeah, that's hardcore brainwashing right there. Like, who Yeah, who thinks any like of that makes sense? You're wanting to brainwash doctors into believing, like, oh, you're going to have to go fight white supremacy. Like, you're going to fight oppression, right? Like, you're training doctors... Like, what is it against gender identity, oppression? What is it? Honoring the ways of indigenous, indigenous healing. Um, and then it, it's like, you can look, you can even hear that guy talking. Like he's talking so monotone. I'm like, he doesn't even want to, I want to say this, but he knows he has to, because that's what his masters are telling him to do. Like he's a puppet up there that has to say this pledge for all the students so they can pledge it. And all they're doing to your point, Sean, it's the, Instant, they're forcing where do you this. Think you, where do you think the line draws from where, like, I don't think so. I, th- th- I think this guy had to write that, right? Like, I, like, where do you draw the line at saying somebody's doing this because they're being told to do it versus somebody's doing it because they believe in it? Because I, I think that that guy believes in it. I, I Maybe the students don't believe in it and they're just doing it just because they have to and they, you know, you go to school and you do what you have to do to yeah. get your piece of paper. Oh, well, yeah, to, to get but the degree. I, I don't believe that that guy doesn't believe in that because I'm pretty sure he's the one who helped write it. Oh, he's probably a part of it, right? And this is the part that's scary to the point of these are supposed to be your doctors, right? It's a, And when you talk about it, it's just heavily indoctrinating critical race theory into the medical industry. And what does that have anything to do with medicine, Right. If you're there to practice medicine, absolutely nothing to do with it. Their Hippocratic oath is to do no harm, but they're also supposed to be providing the same fair treatment to everyone. But this is teaching you, under critical race theory, to see skin, to see immutable characteristics, to make judgment, to show favoritism based on the color of one's skin. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. will be rolling over in his grave, right? Because this is quite quintessentially the definition of what racism and discrimination is. Like, you're... Treating somebody different based on an immutable characteristic, right? And that's the whole basis of what critical race theory does. It's training and teaching people to be racist, to discriminate, and pretend otherwise that they're not, right? So if you understand um, they're the Bible of the anti-racist movement, one of uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist, that book by Ibram X. Kendi, um, that literally gets to the key of they believe to fix past discrimination you have to have current and future discrimination and that's the level of insanity here sean in no shape and world is discrimination okay it's absolutely condemnable um because you're supposed to treat all people fairness and equality it's not equity so you don't get equal outcomes so it means you have to take and violate someone else's human dignity and worth right but again this is what they're doing for your doctors and it's concerning to me more than anything because you're creating indoctrinated activists that are going to the medical field and you know who else did this in the 1930s in nazi germany everything that started with trying to cleanse society in nazi germany when you go back to study the history of it that started through the doctors and the nurses those are the ones that started pushing the cleansing of society and murdering of jewish babies and murdering of starting that whole path Right, that led to the Holocaust. So, I'm not saying that's exactly what's happened here, but there's parallels that we need to be very aware of what's going on. And when you have such a evil pledge coming out from doctors, that's concerning. Because Sean, if you or I are like, what's to stop them to sit there? And they're happening. These are actually things happening all across the country now. They're seeing more and more reports of this that doctors are questioning of, well, that guy's a Trump supporter, or that guy's a Republican, or that guy's a Christian, or even that, I, I don't want to give him medical care. As a doctor, that is wholly and utterly immoral, right? And what? And even if that shoe's on the other foot, what makes you think you're okay, right? So if, even if it's a Democrat, and that was a to vice versa, right? 
it's a hundred percent wrong. Just because you have different beliefs, just because you have different political values, whatever it may be, you still have no reason, no right or anything to sit there and say, oh, I, yeah, I'm not going to give you any proper medical care because I don't like you. I don't, I disagree with you. So I don't know, Sean, that was just, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty, it's scary, but this is what's literally coming out of our medical schools right now. Um, so, all right, I'm going to turn something real quick. Um, cause I know actually we're at what fifth, we have a good bit into the show here. So Michelle, maybe we'll, we might actually save this for next time. I might say we'll, we'll pull Bill Gates, right? We can cut that. I'll bring it up for next time. We'll pull Bill Gates and, uh, the yeah, professor let's... Harari over. I Let's think that do, there's a lot we dig there. I, I think we could do a whole show on Bill Gates. There's some stuff that I was trying to dig up on him uh, that I had recently read, and I'm, I'm trying to find it again. Um, that guy is literally a cartoon, like evil character from a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we'll we'll, we'll pull that one out um, based on timing because obviously we're at the show. Um, but I did want to point out. Uh, I'll say for a good solid, I know this is all, all over the map with a little bit more dapper on the uh, downward side of things. So just to close it out with a little upper, some some, some solid conservative stuff that's been going on. Um, as everyone might not be hearing this and be aware of this, I'll throw this article in the new uh, show notes so you can read it. This is from the Washington Stand, um, which is a very – it's that the it's titled Demortalized Disney Yields to Florida Behind the Scenes, right? So Disney – Look, they might have escaped like Hurricane Ian, but what they haven't been able to fix is their onslaught that since Disney started trying to get all woke and go after their love for sexualization of children and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, basically said, we're not going to have any of that, right? So he basically said, we're going to take away your prized possession of your tax investments and their um, – in Florida – and even further, he went on and said, look, that there's that what that Reedy Creek's special status that gave them the ability to be there, basically run their own autonomous government they, and not be accountable to the state of Florida. Yeah, that's when, when just a recap, Ron DeSantis said, yeah, pound sand, we're going to eliminate that. Now, it doesn't that does not finish until next year. That actual uh, is scheduled to dissolve at the end of next year. However, and at, Ron DeSantis has a budget this. He's like, but. Disney's now behind the scenes. They're not publicly doing this, right? So you had the CEO, um, Bob Chappick out there bragging that their company stood firm, but behind the scenes, they're trying to basically push up to all the Republicans and push up to Ron DeSantis and try and say, look, is there anything we can do to kind of fix this? So it's interesting to note that it's behind the scenes. They're actually crumbling because they've been getting beaten financially and they know how bad if they lose the reedy creek district how much money that's going to hit them with so that's just the thing out there it's not it, it's it's one of the low pieces of news that obviously you're not going to hear much of but i want to put out there that piece of standing firm that's really going pretty solid that look behind the scenes disney might be eating some humble pie now i would like to publicly have them come and fix that but we have to get one piece once one foot in front of the other here to get them there right um and in one other final piece of news there was out there Look, I don't know. This is this is absolutely, I'll say, astounding, Sean. Right, Hurricane Ian um, decimated uh, Florida. Right, and the astounding piece here comes from Governor Ron DeSantis was speaking right before the Punta Punta Rosa condominiums, and he basically providing a recovery update. And what he said was, "Look, that there, uh, there's look. I think it was Sanibel. Yeah, it was Sanibel Island who was basically decimated." right outside of Fort Fort Myers. But he said it's been restored despite damage to the causeway. Now they still had in the causeway there, there was basically three parts that were completely wiped out. And he said, they've already got the money, got the funding, and it is going to be up and running by the 21st of October. That's insane. That's government moving at light speed and moving the red tape. Exactly what Ron DeSantis said he was going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing that um, Ron DeSantis and Trump did both really well is removing a lot of that red tape and making things more yeah. efficient and, and getting things done quicker. Um, I know we're right against the clock. There's two things that I wanted to point out real quick that I thought um, was interesting based on our last conversation on ESG. Uh, this study from KPMG just came out uh, and says – 
Some 48% of fund company chief executives are bracing for recession by pausing their spending on environmental, social, and governance initiatives, ESG. Uh, more than one-third of, uh, of the fund shop CEOs have recently paused ESG investments, uh, and a fifth of those executives uh, work at large firms. Right, so we're already seeing like where's the priorities, and obviously ESG is not. It's a made-up priority. It's a made-up metric, and and it's more way to, you know, try and cause um, more control well, the with the piece. government, right? Yeah, and it's a good piece to see a lot of that like with pushback. When you lost, like I think what was it in the second quarter, they now pulled 1.6 billion dollars lost from these funds, um, from people pulling their money out of them. And look, it's. It's great to see. It just has to keep going that direction, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's a good update, right? Because this is where we keep talking about what we talked about in the ESG podcast. It is a system that is set up. It's a giant surveillance system, and we need to be aware of what's going on as well. It's a financial control mechanism to institute a shift in the control collapse of the U.S. government, well, or U.S. society as a whole, I should say. So yeah. as life as you know it. So um, yeah, with that, thank you guys. I want to say for joining us today and we continue to say, look, if you like what you're listening to, we ask that you please subscribe, share. Um, we give a review of the podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you all. Have a great week. And remember to stand for truth, kneel for God, be the light. God bless America. America.